Hello and welcome to episode 185 of What Most People Think. And we got it's another great guest week. We got we got Simon Bodkin. We had Phil Wang last week, Philly Wang Wang, loads of uh, Loads of great feedback about that, and this week we'll be speaking to Simon Brodkin. It's just a great chat with Simon. Uh, he starts off starts off straight with the ADHD thing. He talks about being a uh, one of these comedians that's been diagnosed with that and the, the, the legal speed that you can get. I don't know if you knew about this, but uh, he breaks it down very interestingly, and then we talk about the, the famous stunts that he's done and you know the time he got on stage with Kanye West. It's a, re- it's a really great chat. And uh, of course, our speech is my tour. Basic Bloke is on sale. And I just want to say, I'm going to do a proper thank you on this, but it's on sale. People are buying tickets. Thank fuck for that. Because you just don't know, do you? You just don't know. You do all this stuff and then you put it on sale. And then right at the last minute, it occurs to you, what if no one buys any tickets? Like not a single ticket. I've been having these weird anxiety dreams where I keep turning up in places, but people say, oh, we we don't want you here. I've got to say fair play to my dreams for not being in any way symbolic and just being fairly literal. What's that, Jeff? You're worried that you're not going to sell any tickets and then in your dreams you go to a place where no one wants to see you. Yeah, I'm a complicated guy, hence the name, basic bloke. I had a great week um, weekend last weekend. I did gigs uh, in France and Amsterdam. And um, the the French gig was really interesting, which it was uh, it was like a, it was billed as an English speaking gig, and um, so it's, I don't know if there's some Anglophiles over there or some expats who who want to come along, but um, there were plenty of people at the gig who didn't speak English, um, so that made it. You sort of end up feeling like the arrogant Englishman abroad, but then you kind of go and as I started to make a joke out of it, saying, "Look." English is evidently a design classic because that's why so many people speak it. You know, all these Europeans that go, oh, the English, they never learn any other languages. Ask yourself this, Europeans, if your language was spoken so widely in the world, would you, would you have learned another language? Would you? Hey, if, if, you're, if you're Danish, <laughs> if you were Danish would, and everybody spoke Danish, would you be dicking around with, with English, I wonder? Uh, speaking of which, and, and, and one of my super patrons, Adam Lewis, has mentioned that I am doing gigs overseas and I haven't mentioned it. And, um, I, yeah, I, sh- I should mention, just in case there are people living in these places. So this weekend coming up, uh, I'm doing Prague at the Lucerna Music Bar. Music music bar and then uh, on saturday the 11th i'm doing the kubenvan at the i don't know somewhere in denmark it's in copenhagen hagen apparently they get rc if you call it copenhagen obviously hope to see you there uh, i did politics live on monday and that's always one of those things when you do a politics show i won't lie i was mainly there to plug the tour and they didn't mention the tour and i forgot till i was off air so all that risk all that risk of a clip going viral of you saying something you didn't really mean to say. And I didn't even get a tour plug in. But um, I was on with uh, Caroline Noakes, Emily Thornbury and John Stevens from The Mirror. And what they do sometimes is they send you like what we might talk about, right? So there's subjects and you look at them and you think, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, no, no real danger there. And then on the day they sent me this email saying we're going to talk about migrant crossings. We're going to talk about online misogyny. And we're going to talk about whether or not kids should be forced to go to LGBT pride marches. I was like, fucking sweet. Sweet. Cancelability rating uh, just went off. Went to DEFCON 4. And I was in the middle of a chat with this this misogyny, misogynistic hate bill um, that's been put forward. It's a cross-party thing. And my, my point was that 
you know, there's a difference between misogynistic abuse and misogyny, right? So you are, there's a liberal democracy, you're allowed to hold views that are would be seen as misogynistic, right? The, the point is at which they become, you know, a concern for the law is at which they become active. Somehow, I said something and then Caroline Noakes, the Tory MP, um, brought up the fact that her and Emily Thornberry had had very violent threats of a sexual assault. And, and look, it must be a horrible thing to have. I, that wasn't my point. And you can just imagine inside, I'm going... I really wish I'd just sat back and gone, you know, because you can play it safe in situations like that. You can go, look, it's just terrible. Everything is terrible. And we've got to do more. We've got to do more. We've got to say more. We've got to be more. I thought, you know, I'll actually make a point about the degree to which police and the state should uh, to sort of police language as such. And my God. So you're trying to carry on having the conversation, but you're also thinking, how could that be clipped to make it look like I approve of sexual assault. I'm sure someone out there has the skills to do it. Uh, but luckily, people seem to enjoy us all having a, a very grown-up chat. Okay, the main talking point uh, from last week. We were talking with, uh, I cannot say Phil Wang anymore. I have to say Philly Philly Wang Wang. We love you. And um, we were talking about why there's less good news around. And David Domain, our super patron, said that if you ever want some good news, uh, the site Human Progress is great for it. It's great fare for the bedwetters on Twitter too. Often features stats and reports to show that in most metrics, the world has never been a better place to live. And, and one of the... Um, one of the things that David mentions is the reintroduction of previ previously extinct species. And they're bringing back the dodo. And um, it feels like a weird one to do. I mean, it's just like all that pissing about. And we lose a good phrase, don't we? Dead as a dodo. It's got alliteration in. I don't know what, what the first thing is. It's going to be weird. I just, I, I think I've seen, too, <laughs> I've seen too many like science fiction type films. Because in my mind this will go wrong, right? Science fiction films always try to portray that, that if we mess with Mother Nature, we'll get fucked up, you know, and just end up with some velociraptors just tearing us limb from limb. Luckily with the dodos, I mean, maybe they'll just wake up and they'll open their eyes like a Terminator and go, what's all that piss taking about our name? Hey, who killed the last dodo? Maybe that'll be some weird horror film where these mutant dodos go searching for... <laughs> Okay, new patrons, new patrons. We've got a new board member, Rory. I cannot pronounce your name, Rory. Rory Fife. Rory. Rory Fifth. Rory Fifth. Rory the Fifth. I don't know, but Rory, you are welcome to the board. And we've also got a. Um, I mean, I would take the piss out of your name, Rory, but it feels like your name is already doing a lot of the uh, the heavy lifting, as the kids say. Um, we've got a new VIP, Christopher Oley. Christopher Oley. I wonder if. Um, what, your mate's got a nickname for you. Ole, 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 Chrissy, oh, 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 Chrissy, oh. Is that your nickname when you're on Stag Do's? Seoli? Seoli. That sounds like a brand of fucking olive oil. Um, <laughs> and then we've got uh, David Allen. David Allen, I think, is a returning patron. Remember, we've had it's we've had the first of the month, obviously, patron trying to ruin my life. So do double check that your account is still active because, of course, there are many benefits, including the if you sign up to Patreon, go to Patreon, just search Jeff Norcott, what most people think. Immediately, there are now three stand-up specials that you can watch there. That's straight away. There's 25 Patreon-only exclusive episodes, and there's always new stuff coming. We've got Steve Cullen. Steve Cullen, that just sounds like a... Uh, Aussie uh, sport, Aussie athlete, that's what they call them, athletes. Why does Steve Cullen sound like uh, a sort of tearaway Aussie sportsman? Steve Cullen was 
<laughs> Steve Cullen was caught by Western Australia Police this morning driving at 600 miles an hour uh, with seven prostitutes. And he just sounds like, doesn't he? Steve Cullen's gone off the rails again. Steve, the shame about Steve is he was one of the uh, most talented talented uh, Aussie rules players to come out of uh, Western Australia, but uh, he fell in with a bad crowd. And <laughs> Steve Cullen. Steve Cullen is now... Steve Cullen will eventually have a podcast about Steve Cullen, The Long Road Back. Um, and Michael Minihane. Michael Minihane, what a brilliant... Michael Minihane, I mean, God, if you're tall, what a great contrast that would be because everything about your name suggests... Minihane, Michael Minihane, at your service. You just sound like you're wearing big, thick, rimmed spectacles. Michael Minihane, get in here. Um, okay, we need to crack on, actually. So we're going to do the thank you and the fuck you. The thank you is to the people buying tickets for the tour. It was based on the last tour that went on sale and COVID did interfere with that. It was approximately, there were four times as many tickets sold on the first weekend. So first thing is, fucking get in there. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> get in there. As dates will sell out, you know, London, Leeds, Southend, all these kind of places that I've been going back to. Uh, but also the people of Folkestone, um, that sold out very quickly, right? Very quickly. And, and in, when you're touring, if you haven't been somewhere before, you expect it to be a bit a bit slower going, you know? Like, but if you've been somewhere, had good shows, then people tend to come back. But Folkestone sold out. I honestly thought it was wrong. I thought they were taking a piss. I thought they messed up the floor plan or something. And then I was walking around with a big head for a couple of days going, I guess I'm just pretty big in Folkestone then. <laughs> I mean, you know what? You know, pretty big in Folkestone. You know, I guess they like me down there. And it turns out that the venue uh, in Folkestone had put the tickets on uh, roughly half price than what they're supposed to be. Now, it's an honest mistake, and we're sorting it all out, and there will be no blowback for the ticket holders. You got it at that price. You got fucking lucky. I will say this. would have been nice if someone would have flagged it. Just one person of the 250 people that bought tickets had just said, oh, just so you know, Jeff, is this the right price? But, oh, no, Folkestone, you sneaky little bastard. Do you know what you were like? You were like a class where the teacher hasn't turned up and they've just gone, look, if we stay quiet, we won't have to do any work. So I see you, Folkestone. I'm going to get my money back off you. How about that? I'm going to run the show 40% less long. Less long? Shorter. There you go. Uh, But listen, no, I'm really glad to have sold tickets there. Uh, The fuck you is to... The scanners in Amsterdam. <laughs> I don't know why I've made this. Oh, that was it. I was, so I did a gig in Amsterdam as well, and that was a lot of fun. I mean, the level to which Dutch people... Yeah, the fuck you is to Dutch people for speaking English so well. Because it's not like, you know, there was bits in in the French gig where I had to do facial expressions. I had to sort of sell the joke uh, with, with expression or movement. Whereas in Amsterdam, it's like, no, we absolutely get all the references. We are getting a, the shuttle cheese in the language are coming over loud and clear. In fact, I actually had an idea for one of your jokes. You could maybe get a bit more out of it. They are, they're, they're, their understanding of English is ridiculous. And they know it, Dutch people. And they're tall. They're fucking cocky. And they, it's all cool. They're like, yeah, we got the camps to them, the, the coffee shops, the porn. We got all the good stuff, the drugs. Um, so I'm a bit intimidated by Dutch people. But on the way back, uh, fair play to them at, at the airport in Schiphol um, they've got these scanners right so you know like when you go to Luton the, the bit where you have to go through security where you just get screamed at and it feels like you're being fucking like some hostile regime has taken over and you're being <laughs> repatriated like Idi Amin has taken over and just sent you back where you came from you've got people screaming at you at Luton but in Amsterdam 
Yeah, I'm sure it's cool. Hey, just go. Um, I was like, right, do I have to take my stuff out of my bag? No, you leave it all in. It's okay. Oh, that's it. I think I've got a bottle of Diet Coke in there. Hey, dude, it doesn't matter. Diet Coke, what? Um, I think that whatever it costs to have these scanners that mean that you can just bung all your shit in your bag and not have to fuck around with separate trays. I mean, the, the tray thing has got out of hand, hasn't it? Where they go, you put your bag here, you put your bag in one, your coat in one, your belt in another, your fucking dignity in another. You just, does this really need four trays? I swear to God, if your scanners can't, maybe they, they're shit scanners. So whatever it costs to get the ones that they've got in Amsterdam, I'll pay it. I don't want to pay more uh, for the NHS, but <laughs> I will pay more for more efficient scanners. Okay, let's get into the chat with the brilliant, I've been given shit for calling everybody brilliant, with the excellent Simon Brodkin. Okay, making his first appearance on the What Most People Think podcast. It is the brilliant Simon Brodkin. Nice to be here, Jeff. Nice to be speaking yeah. to you. We've crossed paths a few times at various gigs, but... Um... Cross paths makes it sound menacing, like like it was like a sort of anchor man in the car park type thing. It was all love. I probably turned up in a hurry. You were probably um, all set to go on stage, and um, I was scuttling off to some other gig. You are you you do you do you're very good at arriving close to time for gigs. I mean, waiting around to go on stage is the for me. I don't know how you feel. It's one of the only bad things of the job. I fucking hate the waiting. The waiting is um, is something I don't enjoy, and um, uh, fortunately, I'm um, just selfish enough to make sure that doesn't happen uh, too often. Much to I'm sure the promoters' uh, distress, but um, I try. It's not my fault. It's my ADHD, as uh, it should say, as a big badge on the front of my So you, are you, 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 you've got the, uh, you mentioned in your tour, uh, which is at the moment playing loads of dates and stuff, doing doing great things. Um, you mentioned, I looked in the blurb and you mentioned uh, mental health. So you, are you on the ADHD uh, medication? I'm told it's like, it's like really good speed, but without the come down. Uh, well, I think it is just speed. That is it. It's, there's no, <laughs> if you there, it's your it's your dealer who you need to be having words with if you're not. Going, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's the same thing. I mean, it's literally um, it's fascinating, isn't it? That and it was done, but there was this experiment in the 30s uh, by Charles Bradley, um, a doctor, yeah. and he did this experiment on school kids, and he gave the naughtiest school kids in the whole school amphetamines for a week speed and yeah. a lot of their behavior improved and um i mean first of all being a doctor in the 1930s sounds like a lot of fun is it <laughs> is, is what i would say sounds like a golden yeah. era right children aren't you half of the class to snort the blue crystals uh yeah, I've decided that this control group here, you'll just be doing Mandy, um, so that'll be more of a loved up thing, and then you'll just be on pure amphetamines, and, and the good thing is all of you will lose weight. <laughs> we'll have a jolly good laugh, and uh, little Hugo, I'd like you to do both, please. And um, <laughs> yeah, so that's in the tour. The tour hasn't actually launched yet, so the tour, it was the Edinburgh show that this was in, screwed up, and yeah. now the screwed up Edinburgh show is going around the UK and it's about to kick off in about two weeks time. 
it got great reviews um, in Edinburgh and stuff. And um, there is that, that that thing, there's that kind of debate with the ADHD and the, the medicinal thing like that. It, I, I just simply don't know enough about it, but people saying that like it's, it's a bandwagon. What what To counteract that, what is the, I mean, it's a weird bandwagon if it is, to be honest, but what what is the process of, of getting diagnosed? What kind of things is it that makes you seek that out and, and what do you have to go through? Great question. This is great. This is a medical podcast now. I like this. Um, straight in. Straight in straight. with question. You, you know, I used to be a doctor. Do you know I was back in the day? I do. Oh, yeah, I do. So yeah. um, I just try and get that in at the beginning of every conversation I have in case I subsequently sound like an idiot and people can be at the back of there. Well, he, he was actually a doctor one day. So uh, yeah. maybe we should listen to him a little bit. But no. So um, I didn't know anything about it, which is weird considering... I should have known stuff about it. And obviously friends of mine are doctors and I was pretty open and shut case in terms of at school being the um, the the classic, you know, uh, um, kid who couldn't concentrate, was clever, but you know, didn't know it because I was not able to focus properly and was only able to do stuff mm. when I was properly, properly motivated. So... It would have been um, something that probably came to my attention a lot earlier had anyone known about it and understood yeah. it. But it was still, you know, it was really in America at that time that people, even though it's been, it, it, it was first labeled like, I don't know, how, how many years ago, like a hundred years ago with doctors going, mm. they seem to be suffering from, a complete lack of ability to do anything for a sustained period of time. This is fascinating. Honestly, the literature about them writing back in the day is really, really interesting. And um, they, they, they thought that there was a moral defect in these children because they simply mm. weren't able to apply themselves to normal tasks. And I actually, you know, to be fair, I think I am slightly morally defective, but I'm not sure if that's the ADHD or the personality. But the answer to your question is uh, varies from so many different people. And this is why um, I think people find it hard to get their head around the ADHD, either from the point of view of having it or from the point of view of looking at it from a distance, going, ah, come on. Because the symptoms are things that so many people share. Everyone's yeah. a bit late. Everyone's a bit scatty. Everyone's a bit forgetful. Now, but but there is a a, a range of um, a, like a, 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 a bell curve, you like, with 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 what's normal and what's abnormal, and everyone. An easier thing to get your head around is um, mood. So everyone gets yeah. a little bit down, um, mm. but then you start getting down often and down to a point where you don't want to get out of bed and down so every you don't want to eat or so, so that then pushes into depression so that's kind of easier to get that around whereas the adhd is such a multitude of symptoms that it's hard mm. for people to go oh this is i think i've got it essentially for diagnostic purposes there are absolute central pillars that have to be uh, uh, uh boxes that have to be ticked but it comes to most people's attention because they're failing to cope with things or life's just a little too much or they're just really struggling. And, and for me, it was just yeah. things were a little bit like I'm, I'm not really able, like it's just too much going on in my head. I just don't seem to be able to sort myself out. 
and what is going on. Well, what I suppose will, will seem slightly counterintuitive to people is the way that ADHD is characterised is it was in a kind of manic sort of hyperactivity. Now, I realise it's probably a lot more complicated than that. But that's where the medication being a stimulant, that's what so, so, um, so seems like such a paradox. Is there, is there a simple way of explaining why something that is essentially a stimulant would, if, would effectively slow people down? Because in the ADHD brain, stimulants have the reverse effect and it can have a calming yeah yeah effect um so if you smoke a joint will you then be it'd be like you've just done a pound of gear um i weed just just never really did much for me unfortunately yeah uh, i always blame myself i now know like everything else it's not my fault it was the adhd the, the it has a different <laughs> because there's a chemical imbalance in the brain uh, and because there's not enough dopamine mm. and because the whole wiring is set up differently. Um, it, it, I guess a simple way to get your head around it is imagine if you have something uh, exploding in a mm. thousand different directions. And then yeah. that, and that's the brain thinking a thousand different things and going on different places. That's the ADHD brain. What the stimulants do is able to focus, and instead of having a thousand different things going off at different times, it can enable it to have mm. one or two, still the same amount of neurons popping off, but it can focus mm. it on far fewer things, far better. Um, do you want some? That I, I, this is. Yeah, I mean that's where I'm. I'm drive sounds fucking awesome. Uh... <laughs> It must be great, like, do any anything that whether they say it's like legal speed or legal cannabis. It's uh, we, we, you know, we we could talk off air. The, I mean, obviously, you know, the the pranking element of your career is is you know huge has had huge profile and stuff, and we can speak about that a bit later. But 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 right now, and for a little while, you've been doing stand up, um, as as yourself, you know, you're just, you're doing straight stand up. I mean, I saw you at the first when you were starting to do that. What was the initial nerves like of, of breaking out from from characters to doing yourself? Or was it was, was it a, a transition you found easy? No, not at all. At first, definitely the hardest thing I've ever done. Harder than the stunts. Harder than mm. being a parent. I'm not sure I've given that my all. Um, <laughs> and um, because it was taking something that I was already skilled at, but then mm. totally snapping away from that skill that should be the same. It's like um, planning goal all your life and then yeah. art being asked to play up front. And everyone's watching thinking, but you're, you've been a professional footballer for years. Why can't you score? Uh, yeah. and, you're, and, and, and because it is nuanced, it is different. I pretended to be someone. I wrote jokes which had um which which belonged to nothing but my creation. It was um mm. they didn't have to follow a truth or a path or and I knew exactly how to be and um within that because I'd created that thing. It was like a, a scientific formula of going, I am going to sound like this and be like this, because that is where I think that character is at its funniest. So it was, uh, in some ways, um, I guess there were more um, rules to what was going on. And I've never really felt comfortable with being myself. 
And that's really interesting chatting to you because obviously that is, you, you know, the Jeff Norcott mm. thing is the Jeff Norcott thing from beginning to middle to end to every second of your show to throughout the podcast to everything. And I spent my whole, um, you know, career at first pretending to be other things, other people. And uh, I mean, that followed off the back of how I was never quite comfortable with myself anyway. So it made sense yeah. to carry on pretending, but on a professional level. But did it take you by <clears throat> um, surprise? Because a lot of people would think of the stunts and, you know, very high status and high profile situations. And was it a shock, like when you're standing there upstairs at the comedy custard, uh, you know, in, <laughs> in fucking like in the mid, you know, in the middle of Tewkesbury or, or something like that on a Tuesday night to have like how did you? Because obviously the stunts were something that you'd done time and how, basically, I guess what I'm saying is how did the nerves compare um, from no, some I, of your I, biggest I, stunts I, to the first time you did stand up? Nerves is something that's never really affected me a lot, um, and I think you're either a nervous person or you're not. And I think if you're nervous, it happens at the you know the the the, the um, what was your what was your made up comedy club? I quite liked it. Something custard. What was it? Comedy custard. Comedy custard. Right. So the comedy yeah. custard uh, with a few tables and chairs and one drunk bloke at the back and the promoter desperately willing people to come upstairs from the pub down below. Like yeah. you, you get that same level of nerves as you do when you're playing, you know, a big tour. I think I think it just it's just how you're made up. So it was never nerves. It's always for me, you know, what needs to be achieved in order for to 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 so it can happen. And by happen, that's either throw swastika golf balls at the president or it's mm. make that bloke at the back of the um um you go see there's the ADHD. What the fuck's this place called again? Funny custard. <laughs> the, 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 the funny funny custard. I like I like or that was actually. Yours? Comedy, cu I've comedy up, custard. I've opened up the funny custard down the road. Um, Look, mate, Tewkesbury is not big enough to have two two <laughs> weekly shows. Let's, let's just let's work this out. So yeah, the, the, I never got that nerve, but it was the challenge. It was the oh my god, being totally stripped back of of all my skills, of everything I knew and was comfortable with. And I was never one of those people that needed some big um, prep, some big you know. I'm getting into character, guys. Everyone out my dressing room. And not that there was yeah. anyone to come in my dressing room, but I um, the, the, would have felt good to say that though. That's one of the things I'd, I've always wanted to say. I'm getting into character. Just it's one of those high level moments of prickery, isn't it? It must feel <laughs> awesome. Or to just like be handed coffee that's not hot enough and just knock it out of someone's hand. Like you don't really want to be that human in reality, but just in that moment. That must feel fun, right? I, I, well, I've done it. I've done it this morning uh, to my wife. And, <laughs> um, yeah, I think being allowed to say uh, 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 people not telling you no around you is one of the most dangerous things at any level, whether that's government or whether that's yeah. uh, in, a in a gym or that's uh, in a dressing room. We become utter dicks very quickly if people aren't there to keep us in check. And that's the great leveler of comedy. And that's um, you. You what? You're going to walk on stage with 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 an ego? I was. Uh, it, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't. You, you can't. It's just you. The currency of stand up is relentlessly updating. You know, they say you're only as good as your last game in football. Well, you're only as good as your last joke, and that is 
you 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 can be as famous as you like, but if you're not making them laugh, then maybe that fame will get you through the first thirty seconds of excitement and thrill, and you can say mm. a couple of lines. And but then after that, you've got to, you've got to produce the goods. So when you talk about that first thirty seconds and the profile that you, that you have. What kind of journey was it, that segue with your crowd and people who were into what you did of them coming over from the character-based stuff to, to, to stand-up? Was it, uh, was it? I mean, how much did you just have to, to let people know? Did you have to reference it in the early work that you were doing? I thought I had to reference it more than I had to reference it. Um, right. And it's what with the... Brit so... The reason I did it is because it just felt like I, I I wanted to, I needed to, like a mm. creative scratch that I needed to, uh, the creative itch that I needed to scratch. And then to be there and just have that thing of, it feels like you just got, you're trying to have a fight with your hands tied behind your back at first. And that was really mm. tricky of getting through that. But if you're prepared to, you know, to fall down and fail and get back up again, uh, as I'm sure is the basis of many a... Um, a, a podcast, a positive mindset podcast, then, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, it, 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 I mean, that could be the title one. If you're prepared to fall down, that'd be, it would be me. It would be some guy that, that played rugby league for England. And it would be, it'd be a guy who is a famous failed billionaire or something like that. Get back up with, with Jeff and Cy. With Jeff. <laughs> Jeff and Cy and at the beginning they go you know what we're like you know me and you and you go you're three episodes in no one knows what you're like yet. you don't have a di- <laughs> you don't have a dynamic um you are you mentioned about um the, the, the comedy store that they didn't usually have characters on that was a, a rule and and for people listening to the comedy store uh you know the biggest the, the best kind of comedy club the one with the highest profile for doing sets and what people would see to be club comedy what you did with Lee Nelson, I think maybe the reason that they made an exception was because it was more than that, right? Like it was, it was a full. It was like uh, Al Murray, really. You know, like it was more. It wasn't just the character. It was a whole, fully working, three dimensional thing. I mean, do you, do you miss doing Lee? Because I was always a big fan. It always used to make me laugh. Um, thank you, mate. Um, the um, so do I? No, I don't miss it. I don't. I mean, I, I occasionally maybe miss some of. Some of the things you could say to the front row, some of the stuff that yeah, might yeah. otherwise yeah, the crowd be, work a, was be, a, be an arrestable yeah. offence if you said it to them on the street. But um, the, 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 because the, yeah, what you can get away with the character is amazing, and people will just totally go along with that journey and just allow you to. Um, it was an it was an iron fist in a in, in a velvet glove um, mm. of of celebrating people. Oh, you. <laughs> What a legend, you fat cunt. And they'll be like, yes, I'm a fat cunt. Yeah. Well, I saw there was a clip. I was, I mean, as I was getting ready to do this interview, I was looking at some clips yeah. and there was one where, where Lee came out on Loose Women and gave a hug to Carol Vorderman, then gave a kind of look as if to say, whoa, she's a bit of a right. sort of thing. And like no one, like she was honoured by it. Yes. Everyone was cheering yes. and stuff like that. And, and, and so I guess that that is, yeah, because he, he was likeable and I, I never really got the sense that, I never really got the sense that you were going after that kind of working class person. You were using it as a vehicle to do comedy. Yeah, it was just, um, um, it was of one of many characters that I came up with. It was the mm. one that just felt the most natural to do on stage, 
the one that could live in the moment the most because that's what stand-up is all about. You have to be able to react to what's going on. And that just, it felt like um, the easiest to go with and the one I could step into without there being any, you know, restrictions of, with Jason Bent, you know, why is a Premier League footballer in the, in the, in the, in the funny custard, in the comedy custard? Um, Whereas with Lee, it's just, I'm here, let's go, let's talk. It was, it, so it was just the natural um the most suitable for being on stage and then that was the first time i ever stepped on stage was as lee and that continued for years and that's why you know in answer to what you're talking about earlier was it hard yeah it was it was really weird it was really weird but now that feels more natural which is great so did you i mean was there a point because obviously tv started to get a bit sensitive about about you know political in inferences did was there ever a point where i guess what i'm saying all right, I'll, I'll be direct yeah, about yeah. It. did you ever get to a point where some middle-class tv exec when you know just worried that what lee's saying about working class communities was it was there did it ever come up against that sort of reservation well this this is show business no one tells you anything unless uh, they tell you how wonderful <laughs> you are it's like you, you, it's um uh there, there is no uh clearer sign it's it's just so brilliantly transparent like so no one tells you oh we're going to no one even tells you really we've we've stopped running your tv series or you just (laughs) it just doesn't happen it's like never chase an email in the show business because it's a no mate sorry don't you were just wondering do do, do, do you like this the script (laughs) (laughs) just checking in on the you know hope you're well just checking in yes feel like I feel like I'm still excited about it. And if anything, it feels more relevant given recent events. Yes, here's a few clippings uh, that I think means the sitcom now is probably more suitable than ever. Um, So, yeah, no, so you don't ever get that, no. But um, I guess the fact that it wasn't commissioned again was their their answer. The thing is, you do have this 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 huge fan base, and I was just looking. You know, one of the most uh, the most viewed British comedian on TikTok. Now, I get stick. You can imagine that what most people think faithful do skew towards a certain age. They're not TikTok people, uh, Simon. But um, well, let's break but, it down. That's a bit... It's essentially well, that, some that... Chinese spyware <laughs> that is uh, <laughs> with with some dancing girls as a front and the odd bit of comedy. Uh, I think that's a good way of putting it. But I was looking at when you kind of like, it, you you are an early adopter in many ways and you were doing stuff from 2020. And, 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 and was that, was that just because of COVID or did you see like, this is going to be a big thing for comedy? Did, did you see that coming? You know me, Jeff, for my predictions. I'm, <laughs> mm. I bought Bitcoin <laughs> in 1974. No, I, I, I um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, everyone's got their Bitcoin story. Haven't they? I, um, <laughs> how rich I could have been. Um, but no, I, 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 um, um, I saw, well, okay. So the, um, the, having, it was sort of like a bit like starting again when I did the stuff out of character. And so mm. I was just looking for any way for people to engage with what I was doing. And, um, the, 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 you know, so I also just had all my platforms as Lee. So there was like a proper reset of going, okay, what is going on here? I'm on a few things, but as Lee Nelson, well, that doesn't make any sense because, you know, Lee is uh, taking a back seat at the very least. 
And so I was like, okay, let's get all these channels out on to Simon Brodkin and let's start ones as Simon Brodkin. So Instagram just had no presence. And then um, because of that, uh, you know, reset, there was like, okay, what other things are out there? Okay, TikTok. And, um, and then the social media stuff has been amazing because that's just, snowballed and spiraled and yeah one the most watched clip of stand-up on tiktok and um and just the the numbers of um on insta and all the others all of them have been hundreds of thousands so it's really cool and now this tour do you think i mean i th- i think i had like it's I, I i have to work to get cut through um with social media i get the odd thing i do think like i does piss me off i mean it's such a great thing on one level that you can connect with people and you can go outside of commissioners but this thing of having to wake up every day thinking what can i post what, what clips have i got what can i push out there i mean we we did comedy at a time when we started right doing club comedy like just just doing that and earning a living from it was a really great thing to do if you did a bit of telly you had a good life but you actually have to fucking work now don't you <laughs> If ever you want a sort of argument for the matrix, it, it's it's this: we're all plugged in to these huge, multi you know, multi-billion corporate bits of machinery, and we're doing the work for them. It's like we're giving them <laughs> our hours and hours of our day, and what do we get out of it? We got a retweet. Get in, and they're feeding us these little sprinkles of of of. Uh, yeah. These crumbs, and we're, yeah, it, it's a really weird situation um, that we are essentially, you know, the, 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 what, what's um, Instagram or whatever, they're just hiring out the rooms and we're putting on the party. And, oh my God, I've never thought about it this way. We're putting on pay to play gigs yeah. for giant multinational uh, corporations. I mean, if you think back in the day, right? If you was if you was a comic and you did Royal Variety, boom, you're touring peers for the next three years, right? You don't need to. Everyone watched the fucking Royal Variety, and now I do wonder if it plays to comedians' mental health because one of the things with comedy is like, how did the last thing go? Mm. Do people like me? It's it's that um, it's that jeopardy, but that jeopardy now has seeped into our lives. Whereas it used to be, you did your Thursday, Friday, Saturday gigs, and then you didn't think too much. You'd probably scratch your balls if you were anything like me until the next Thursday. Play PlayStation, you know, just well, waste a lot of time. Essentially, I'm not really making an argument for the old days. <laughs> exactly. I'm almost making it sound like <laughs> back in the day, you used to do fuck all, bloody mark. Yeah, no, no. yeah, yeah. No, What's I think wrong, that that right, is what you want to see it, and that was it. That was all we. So the the um, yeah, it, it, it is really a challenging. Look, I, I I'm not one of these believers that you know that 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 this time is the hardest time. And back in the day, it was the. I think every there's always like everyone's yeah, the same yeah. level of happiness, no matter what's going on. Like imagine mm. if you were to say to someone in the Middle Ages, you know, have a look what we got. They'd just be like, oh my god. Oh my god, and they'd be happy for like four hours, and then they had no Wi-Fi signal. They'd be like, yeah! so we just reset everything. <laughs> so we, um, so but I do think that the, the challenges of the relentless nature of social media is a real challenge to people's mental health. Comedians are incredibly 
needy and to generalize obviously that you know why are we doing it we're looking for affirmation we're looking to be told we're good we're looking to be so it's just relentless and even something like instagram stories what level are we we, instagram stories can we talk instagram stories i know tiktok is i think so yeah so instagram stories is obviously on the platform which facebook have bought now called meta so it's owned by you know the one of the biggest tech companies in 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 the world and they on instagram have a stories which is uh, a, 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 essentially a post that only lasts for 24 hours so that is if you really are trying to keep up to, with things on your social media and be constantly present that's one platform has one thing that only lasts for 24 hours so you're asking people to post a minimum on one platform, 365 days a year, and that's not the main feed, which where posts last forever. So you are, it, it's it's horrible, and it's um, um, I'm on board for the revolution, Jeff. Just point me in the direction. Let's go. Okay, just chipping into the chat here with Simon. I hope and trust that you're enjoying it. We've got to say hello to a few new more patrons. A few new more patrons. Um, Sally Salter. It's just two, actually. Sally Salter. Sally Salter. Sounds like a lyric. Done it from some northern band. Sally Salter. She did stuff she didn't alter. Uh, <laughs> Sally Salter. We've got Michael Minihane and Sally Salter. Oh, my God, you should get married. The Minihane Sorters. Sorter Minihane. Sally Sorter Minihane and Michael Minihane Sorter. <laughs> Fucking hell, it's like a tongue twister. But welcome to the Patreon community. Thank you very much for signing up. And Stuart Flint. Stuart Flint. If your name, I swear to God, if your name is not rhyming slang among your friends for skin, then they're doing it wrong. That is what your name needs to be. I'm, sorry, lads, can't come. I'm a bit Stuart this week. What's that? Stuart Flint, skin. <laughs> I was trying to uh, so I was trying to explain rhyming slang to my son the other day, and he made a very good point that it's really obvious what all the things are. So what's the point? I was like, "Don't we do we say it back in the day in the East End, son? It confused the police." He's like, "You didn't live in the East End." I was like, "No, my mum did." And just before we get back to the chat with Simon with the tour, there are a number of new places I'm going. So obviously, we're returning to Furwood, we're returning to Southend, we're returning to what's that place? I forgot what it's called. Petersfield? No, not Petersfield. The fucking place. Winchester. All right, I've now just offended everybody in Winchester. We're much nicer than Petersfield. We're going back places like that. We're going back to Swindon Arts Centre. Of course, we're going back there. We're going, but we're going to go, but we're going to new places as well. They're not new places. People say, oh, well, you've built a new town, have you, Jeff? No, places I've never done tour shows before. Dublin. I have actually sold tickets in Dublin already. Not loads, but we're on the board. Dundee, Dublin and Dundee. Dundee, SNP Stronghold. Are you, will you come? Will you be prepared to hear? A comedian that takes the piss out of Nicola Sturgeon. By the way, on that note, because she's got herself in such a mess with this, uh, all this trans stuff, she's now given these um, press conferences where she's desperately trying to avoid using pronouns <laughs> when describing a rapist. And it's almost become like there was some weird parlour game called Don't Say the Pronoun with Nicola Sturgeon. As, as I said, uh, no, I was saying about the individual, the person in question who, when he, she, that guy, slash gay s I mean honestly she's got herself in the right pickle uh, so we're going to Dundee we're going to Middlesbrough and Stockton Middlesbrough and Stockton fucking same place in it fucking Northerners uh, we're going to High Wycombe 
there. Hi, Wickham. I've done a lot of club club gigs there over the years, but never done a tour show. Hopefully see you there. Salisbury. Salisbury. Uh, I've been told not to mention the spire or the poisonings. I mean, what fucking else have you got? Do you know what I mean? Make yourself more interesting. Uh, but I will endeavour to make sure I've got uh, new... New bands, new Salisbury banter when I get there. Going to Kendall, uh, which is, I don't know. I don't know where that is. It's in Kendall, is it? Uh, cake, something about cake. Going to Crew as well. Crew, uh, we go, and then we're going to Redditch. And we're going to so many dates. So just have a look. There's 80 dates. Have you ever sat there and going, why are you coming to my town? Um, go, and have, <laughs> go and have a look. And uh, I certainly will be coming. I would say almost guaranteed within... 60 miles a year. It's the, all right, I'll tell you what we do. We do the 60 mile challenge. If I'm not coming within 60 miles of your town or city, give, no, this is ridiculous. Of course I'm not. There will definitely be some places. There'll be somebody who'll get in contact from some fucking primitive civilization in Northumberland. You're not fucking coming near me because you live in Northumberland, mate. All right, let's get back to the chat with Simon. Just talking about touring, uh, obviously I would have mentioned on the podcast a lot a lot by now that my tour is on sale. But um, well, I said my tour is on that... sale as well, Jeff. Your tour is very, both our tours are very on sale. Um, do you have like, do you have, you know when tours go on sale and there's some places that streak ahead? Evidently, I don't know yeah. what I did in Folkestone at some point, but I'm big in <laughs> Folkestone. Leicester, so not much. so much. Do you, do you have a place... Do you have a place where you just think, what the fuck? I mean, like, obviously it gets there in the end, but there's a place where you think, what did I do to offend that place? Yeah. Um, the, um, I, the, yeah, um, the Lake District to Arsehole Tours in uh, 2004 was a, just a terrible title for me, and I regret ever going. <laughs> to, yeah, no, bits of the Lake District do, like, these tiny little, like, Keswick or yeah. something. I don't know. Um, but I, I don't know. Maybe there's just less people is what's going on. And we're selling to same and, size And then they're, they're suspicious of, of, of outsiders bringing in their viruses. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that is not the accent of, <laughs> yeah. the, of the Lake Districts at all. I mean, you, I, I've got a love of, yeah, when you're on the road, I've got a strange love of bleak hotels. Like, like I go full on motorway travel. Wow. Uh, are you... Um, are you Wow. What, what's your thing? Do you, do you do you spend a bit on the hotels so you can feel good, or are you going in budget? No, level? I'm 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 budget level. Um, I am, but I have limits, Jeff. And it sounds like you don't, mate. You're sleeping in motorway hotels. <laughs> Get some dignity, man. So I will. I'm a I'm a, a, a Premier Inn guy generally. Oh, but you hello. can be easily tripped up with that if um, if the temperature outside reaches more than four degrees. It is likely to hit 35 degrees inside any of the rooms. And, of course, <laughs> you can't open a window or phone down to ask anyone to help or often yeah. breathe in the room. So it's, it, it can be testing. But you want to really tour in the wintertime <laughs> if you're going to be in the Premier Inns. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm OK. I'm not really a hotel guy. So I, I, I drive back as much as possible. To get back, I'll, I'll happily get yeah, back. Yeah, no, at two I, in the I do. The, I do the same. I was at a, I was at a travel motorway travelogy the other day, and they actually gave me a physical key for the room as well. That's Love what I'm it. talking. Love it with I'm something like really you heavy. <laughs> you know? A really heavy fob <laughs> and the heavy smell of sad traveling sales I, rooms. My, as well. I, I, I'm miles fussier than you, is what I think. And I open the door, and my heart just sometimes sink because I. 
Like, um, I, you know, they just spray it. Why clean a room when you can spray it for a minute? With and it's a, and there's this. It's the most toxic air freshener, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's the stuff that's still like you know the stuff that got banned in the eighties because of the ozone layer. You think I think they're still using CFC. There, there, there's no, yeah, they they, they bought that in bulk. Uh, Back back in back in 1989, and they're just slowly releasing it into every room. It's it's, and I remember during COVID, and so all right, they they used to use any excuse for like we're not sorry we're not serving breakfast, but COVID sorry sorry there's no electricity COVID. So just everyone was just like <laughs> yeah it's, it's COVID mate. Um, that's why we're not able to give you a duvet anymore. It's just not hygienic. Yeah, sorry, the receptionist called you a prick because yeah. of COVID. <laughs> uh, they are. I mean, is there is there places as well? Because I do think it's a great honour, like in our job, that we, you and I, we've got to know the UK really well just for our jobs. And, and, <laughs> I, I, I've got to step back from that and say I haven't at all, Jack. You are obviously venturing out much more than me. I when I say got to know, I mean driven to a place, sat in a hotel, and gone to a venue. Yeah. Does that count as getting to know the then UK? I'm all in mate um, I've got to know the whole of the no I, I'm I'm rubbish I'm, I'm get there I um yeah I do I do I do less looking around than um I just always seem to have things to, to do like I'm just ah, I gotta just do this stuff before I prioritize going outside and you know getting some yeah I often say a great chance to catch up on your wanking isn't it being in a hotel room you go I've really fallen behind on that I mean I'd like to know a hotel I haven't masturbated in um <laughs> the are there are places like cities where that give you the sort of you know, that make you worried I've always always felt there was a time in Nottingham where I noticed <laughs> that that when I when I walked from the uh when I walked from the venue back to the car park, I was a bit quicker than other places. Is there is there a place where you always like to do your double busy walk to Ooh, another comment? Um, but there was this gig I did. My first Lee Nelson tour was pretty mad because obviously it went boom on BBC Three and then there was just suddenly this rush to come and see me live and we'd put a, a little tour in, but it was it was way too small for what what we should have done and it was just just the atmospheres just mental and people thought i was lee nelson that was like like some people did mm. some people didn't it was and um i remember wonking obviously the banter that i do is sometimes pushing it a, a, a little bit and um mm. my tour manager just i can't remember where it was but whatever i'd said he had taken too seriously this guy in the crowd and basically was threatening to, you know, wait for me after the show and beat the shit out of me. And I didn't know any of this until I'd been whisked out of the room by my tour manager, jumped in in, in the car, and he I've never seen him go. It was it he was loving it as well, I'm sure, because everyone loves an excuse to drive too fast. And he what it was amazing. I was like, what's going on? It's like, oh, yeah, the uh, the guy wants to kill you, but it's all right. Come on, come with me. And so that that was a, a little hair raising experience. Um, do you ever uh, do you ever have like an actual altercation? I, I once was doing a gig where, and you'll know, a bit of a legend of the stand up uh, industry, Jeff Whiting had been on first. So yes, it, it was a, a gig at a hotel, Christmas gig. He'd been on first, 
And uh, he'd done his bit and a guy come to the front and the guy was bald. So he said to the guy, nice haircut, mate. Shame you forgot to bring it. An old line, but you know, you do what you can at Christmas gigs to get through. <laughs> this guy has gone, right, I'm going to fucking wait at the bar for you. So he's standing drinking whiskey at the bar and um, Whiting's gone out of a back door. Then I went on and the guy come back in and it just thought we were the same bloke because we were both called Jeff. <laughs> and he come down he come down to the front of the stage and he goes, um, I said, can I help you, mate? He goes, what do you think's going to happen next? I said, well, I think everyone's going to think you're a cunt because he was like disrupting the game. And then he was like, oh, you got me twice now. You got me twice. I'll see you at that. I was like, I have no idea what this is going on. And then um, he wanted to fight me in in the, in the um, well, he kept trying to walk me out to the uh, dark corner of the car park. And I was like, yeah, I think if, if we're going to have a fight, I'm going to have it with, with people around and, <sighs> and stuff. Anyway, it turned, it turned out that the way that he, um, the reason he'd gone bald was like through some great life stress, which I was sympathetic to. It was his ADHD. But I hadn't said... It was his ADHD. It was just, it was the medicinal speed made his hair fall out, made it grow so fast that the roots just popped out. But I, I said to him, I said, look, I am sympathetic to what you're saying, but it wasn't me. He just couldn't, he just couldn't. And I thought, if I were going to get punched in the face by a punter, I'd rather it be for something I said. That would be, taking a punch for Jeff Whiting feels a bit Was rough. half of you thinking, this is going to be all over Jewel tomorrow? Go on, knock me out. <laughs> Not, I, w- I want to make the head. I want to go from a little three lines. To, I want a headline. I want the the blokes, blokes and fighting. This is just brilliant, isn't it? Just go. Just, just. Well, well, I mean, the only thing was it was it was uh, it was so sad. It was if it happened at the comedy store like it did with Jim Jeffries or yeah. a high profile venue, then you're getting PR out of it. Sadly, we should have invited him to one of your bigger gigs. <laughs> I, I mean, if he's still out there, if he is a listener now. Um, we can all we can always do with the PR. Yeah, yeah. Instead, of let's take this outside. Let's take this to the Hackney Empire on the thirteenth of April, mate. <laughs> Tickets still available. <laughs> Hit me up there, mate. Get better coverage. So we mentioned there about you know like publicity and stuff like that. It does make me think of, of the stunts. And and one of the thing when I was sort of researching was they all had like an element of justice to them. You know, whether it's Seth Blatter or it's Trump, you know, you were going for really valid targets. But also, I guess, puncturing pomposity. And I was thinking with Kanye, um, you know, I'd sort of forgotten about that, but but you you jumped on stage and disrupted his performance, and 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 just just remind us of the reasons what why you'd done that. I mean, obviously, this is before he outed himself as a horrific anti-Semite. Yeah, before he was a Nazi, he was a uh, a rapper. Uh, I don't know if people know that. And um, so, <laughs> so yeah, he was headlining Glastonbury. That's um, and. Um, I went on because he had grabbed it was a Taylor Swift, I think, was given an award and he had gone up instead of her, I think, grabbed the mic and said, I should have got this, I think. Or, or Yeah, it was either that or said that it was a disgrace and that Beyonce should have won it. OK, or, you I, know I, more than I, me. You... Right, there we go. I mean, not I mean, it's all this showbiz tittle tattle, but I think yeah, it was Bay's second album. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, so the so, so the he was playing Glastonbury, and I knew that he was uh, he was a funny choice for Glastonbury, even though uh, you know back in the day I, I was a, a fan of his back in the day. Um, mm. You know, his first couple of albums uh, um, uh, I bought um, were immense, and that was. A let's I think it was let's Kanye Kanye and get on stage with mm. him. 
And I mean, look, aside from anything, it would have been, <laughs> let's not make it too bloody, you know, high and mighty. It was just going to be fun to get off stage yeah. on the pyramid stage in front of a hundred thousand people. And uh, he was already showing sort of signs uh, of uh, being a bellend. Um, and, 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 and so he felt like someone who needed to be, I guess, a good stunt, whether it be a world leader or, just uh, uh um just <laughs> just um someone it, 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 just an arsehole is that you want to basically knock them down a peg or two we, we, I, I didn't know obviously i had no this was one with like zero planning i thought it was going to happen because uh, i had a connection in the music industry as an agent and I was like oh can you get me backstage at the pyramid stage he was like yeah yeah, yeah. and then and, and then i which is why I got a T-shirt made saying Leezers instead of Yeezers, who he was calling himself, and I bought a little toy microphone, <laughs> right? So, but then when it came to it, as uh, happens with <laughs> with most people in their careers, he was just, when I asked him, oh, mate, yeah, because I was meant to be performing at Glastonbury in the comedy stage, so I was meant to be at yeah. Glastonbury. If people don't know Glastonbury, it is absolutely colossal. So it's not like a Leeds or a Reading where it's all in a similar area. It is ginormous. So entrance to one stage has no bearing on any other stage. So I was meant to be within the whole site and performing at the comedy tent. And this guy said, yeah, I'll get you backstage. When it came to it, I was like, mate, yeah, you got me the backstage pass. He's like, uh, oh, no, mate, I don't think I'm actually going to prepare to sacrifice my career for your little prank. Uh, I didn't tell him what yeah. I was doing, but he obviously knew I was up to no good. And so that totally fell by the wayside. We went to a little food stand and we're eating at the food stand. And I saw a little hole in the fence behind, went through, like, oh my God, I'm actually a bit, what is going on? And I went through again, there was another fence and then multiple, multiple, multiple fences. And I popped out, I'm like, oh my God, this is like behind the pyramid stage. This is, hello, this could be possible. So then I spent the rest of the day trying to look and buy clothes that might make me a little bit look like a rapper. I mean, bear in mind, we've got a five foot five Jewish guy and we're trying to convert him into someone who could look like he'd potentially be on stage with Kanye West. And most of the things they sell at Glastonbury are made of hemp. But I managed to get a few things together and then cut a long story short, blagged my way. The final bit was the guy going, what are you doing? And I said, I meant to be on stage, you idiot. And he let me through. I went up, <laughs> up there, was expecting, because I hadn't seen any of it, because I was back the whole time. He was, yeah. and, and there weren't any backing singers. There weren't any musicians. There weren't any instruments. There were, It was just him on stage. So before you know, I'm like, who's this guy? Oh, it's him. And uh, he was a bit of a dick about it. I mean, um, I... I, I, I um, uh, he, he, yeah, I, he just he just went he just stopped the whole thing. No humor, no nothing. Mm. I say like had um, I don't know had Oasis been up there, I feel like they would have either beat the shit out of me or made me stay yeah. and sing the whole thing with them. But something this <laughs> yeah, guy yeah, was yeah. just like no 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 no. Anyway, so it was uh, it it was uh, my biggest crowd to date, uh, hundred and thirty thousand people. And um, I think some people were like, oh, my God, it's Eminem. <laughs> As like, because there were like rumours that there was going to be rapping with someone. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, they're going to think it's some sort of um, 
duet. I mean, it's it's interesting because obviously there was the one with um, Theresa May, which I always thought was the way that played out was was really intriguing because she was so embattled at the time. Because you talk about status that even though she was prime minister. There were people that were like, you know, people that were opponents of her that were like, bless. It's it's really interesting, isn't it? Is that a sexism thing? Is that a just her tenure was so, you know, brittle? Is that just how she was coming across? But well, it was funny, isn't it? People go, oh, what have you? It's like she is literally the most powerful person in the country. I'm not sure I'm exactly punching down here. That's one thing I wonder. Maybe is that I don't know if you've sort of retired doing the stunts for good, but like, would you would you would you do a bit of balance? Like when we inevitably have a Labour government, if you felt that there was something about Starmer that you really wanted to get into, would, would you? Uh, yeah, hold back? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I um, yeah, I, I'm not a, I'm not I'm not a card carrying um, you know stunt guy. I, I, you know, I'm going where I think someone deserves to have. The, you know, the century, the mick taken out of them, someone, uh, it, but I don't care wh- where that lies. I mean, you know, I was, uh, I had a few thoughts on, uh, a, I had a couple of Corbyn ideas, um, you know, and you, 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 you don't get more left in high profile politics than him. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'll, 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 um, I'll have a go at anyone, but yeah, that, that was strange with Theresa May, wasn't it? That people were actually feeling sorry for her, which, which isn't a great sign. Oh, the prime minister, yeah. bless. Well, look, man, I, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's incredible what you've done, like in terms of go, you know, making a, such a big change from, from, from character stuff and doing, doing straight stand up. But you kind of, I think in your stand up, you cover the things that generally modern audiences like, which is that mix of the personal and the political. I think that's always the, the brand of stand up that, that, that tends to do the best in, 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 you know, in a live situation. And it's been it's been a pleasure having you on the show, man. So people should obviously go to your socials. They should go website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simonbroken.com or Simonbroken on um um I should probably say my name clearer, but it's Simon Brodkin. Okay. That's it's mm. it's struggled to say the name myself sometimes. That was the biggest that was the hot, biggest challenge at the end of sets. I've been Simon Saying for, your own name. <laughs> I've been Simon Nelson yeah, Ben yeah. Brodkin. <laughs> and um and yeah, Lowe's tickets just added about sixty extra shows. So uh, the first batch, most of them are sold out and um come along, especially in the Lake District for reasons we discussed earlier. And um And if you uh if you hang around afterwards, Simon will give you a bit of that med- uh, medicinal speed. Yeah, I will g- well and there's other things here as well. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe you'll have to get Lee back to do that sort of thing. Imagine whack the cap on. All right, roll up, roll up. Yeah, what you want? My worries, sir. Have a little cheeky bag of that, you legend. Nice one. Yeah, Lee would be the best salesman of anything, wouldn't he? Uh, Simon Brockin, thanks so much for appearing on the show. My absolute pleasure, Jeff. Great to talk to you. Okay, that was a chat with Simon Brodkin. And uh, to mirror his recommendation of my tour show, I'll now do the same with his. Is go and get tickets for Simon Brodkin's tour show, but not before you got them for mine. There you go. Symmetry. Um, I've got one letter I just want to quickly do. And this is from Rich Anderson from North Yorkshire. And he says, after listening to the Phil Wang episode, I literally could not stop thinking of name ideas for Phil's future tour shows and specials popping into my head. 
This is obviously off the back of the Philly Philly Wang Wang thing. So I thought I'd write them down and email them to you. Enjoy. So Rich has come up with Wanging On. Just good. The Big Wang Theory. I mean, it sounds like it could be a website, if you know what I mean. You know when you've been wangoed? It's good. Takes Phil to wango. I like that because it's clunky as fuck. Uh, wang tough. Wang tough. Surely that should be, if, you're, if that means hang tough, it should be like hanging, like wanging tough. Uh, wangster's paradise. <laughs> he wangs, he wangs. Look, no one's going to know that that's a bloody Ricky Martin reference. Wang in there. Do you want to be in my wang? Maybe not, as Rich puts. Uh, wango unchained. Oh, that's good. That is good. Wangtastics, like the sweets. Wangs of London. Rich, I don't know. You didn't have much on last week. You know, as me and my mates, whenever our lads WhatsApp group suddenly fires up, if I come back to 30 messages, I always say, busy lads. I want to say busy to you, Rich. And I'm sure you've been busy this week, but join us. Okay, well, that was a bit of a corny segue, wasn't it? Fuck me. Uh, but uh, but yeah, come and, come and see the toy. I, I don't want to get desperate at the end. But it's just, it's, I want the dreams to stop. The more you buy the tickets, the, the quicker the dreams stop. <laughs> 